What's up? Bossy Bonitas here. Your girls, Leslie and Candice. We are talking about entrepreneurship, sharing our career journeys with you guys. So keep listening to your favorite bosses. What is up, guys? We are here for Bossy Bonitas. That's right. Bossy Bonitas here with... Episode five. Your girls... Your favorite girls. Hey. Hey, Leslie Ambries. And Candace Cruz. What's up with you, Leslie? How's your what day been? What is up with me? My day's been good. Um, Just getting work done, you know? Yeah, always got to get that work. That That's hustle it. is real, though. Yeah, it is. I'm Hi. trying. I have no social life, but, you know, one day. Did you ever watch Devil Wears Prada? A long time ago, and I don't really remember it, but okay. everyone quotes it all the time, and I feel like I need to go back and watch there it. There is a really good quote where she is finally like getting to a good part in her career, and she goes to talk to the guy character. I can't remember his name, but uh-huh. um, he's played by Stanley Tucci, and he, she goes up, and she's talking to him, and he's like, what's wrong? She was like, my personal life is up in shambles, and he was like, well, that means it's time for promotion. Once you're, it's either you're ready for promotion and your your personal life is in shambles or the mm-hmm. opposite. So I don't think it's always necessarily true, but it kind of like, like, oh, yeah, that, that, yeah. Okay, then I'm ready for that promotion. <laughs> Bring it on. Let's make I it happen. I always need that promotion. Oh, God, please. Please and thank you. We are, I mean, this kind of goes into our whole topic tonight about, you know, the entrepreneurship and the hustle, I think has been such a big, like, key word into everything recently, especially for millennials, because we, the nine to five is no longer a thing. Mm-mm. There are still a lot of nine to fives. I mean, I have one right now, but. I feel like the modality for a lot of people that are either coming out of college or going right into the workforce is that they don't want to be stuck behind a desk and doing the same like clock in, clock out like our parents used to do. Um, it's more of what can I do that will completely like use all of my talents because we are all jacks of all trades versus like a master of one, I feel like within our generation. Yeah, no, it's so true. I worked a nine to five right out of college right away. Mm -hmm. And mm -mm, Mm -mm. mm -mm. I literally, I lasted a few months and I said, you know what, get get me out of here. Get me out, I can't do it anymore. And I went from like a full-time to a part-time that then allowed me to be more creative and still had some source of income. So I totally understand people who, you know, aren't sticking to the regular nine to five deal. Yeah, those creatives out there, it can be extremely stifling in certain positions. I feel like there are still a lot of people out there that want the stability, that want the clock in, clock out. They wanna know exactly what they're making per paycheck and they wanna know where it's coming from and that stability, which, you know, I've been raised to believe that and have that mindset of like, I have to have something that's regulated that I have a steady paycheck. And you realize that you don't find, you don't always find the joy in that, depending on where you're at. No, because you don't want to be a robot that Mm -hmm. wakes up in the morning, gets dressed, goes to work, comes back, does the same thing over and over and over and over again. And even if you love your job, but you're still stuck in that routine, it gets mundane and it gets boring after a while. No offense to my job because I'm very blessed and very thankful that I have a job <laughs> out here in Los Angeles mm-hmm. so I can pay my bills. But at the same time, I realize that this is not a career that I want to stay in. Um, what I do want to do, and especially like with working with Bossy Bonitas, it's it's entrepreneurship and it's being my own boss and being able to run my own empire mm-hmm. in whatever way that may be and how it unfolds. Like I'm an actress, I'm a host, I, I'm an artist, I wanna create, I'm good at marketing, I love to talk, I love to connect with people. Yeah. So it's just like, how can I utilize all my strengths in the best way possible? Candace, you have a pretty interesting story of even how you got here yeah. and you know, what's led. I feel like since the moment that you got here, you've been working towards a career that you have. Mm -hmm. But I want you to share a little (laughs) bit, um, as summarized or as detailed as you want, just about how you literally came from Kentucky to Los Angeles and even going to now to where you're at and where you hope to be. It's been one hell of a ride. Um, I actually went to University of Kentucky for journalism. That is where I graduated from. And I, as I've mentioned before in the podcast, I've 
been in pageantry for years and I was competing for Miss Kentucky America, which is a scholarship organization. It's within the Miss America organization. And within that, if you do win, it is a job. You know, you are hired and you do get a salary and you are paid. And that's just my particular state that I was competing for. So coming out of college, I was like, you know what? I'm going to take that break. I'm going to prepare as hard as I possibly can for this one endeavor. And then if it doesn't pan out the way that I thought or that was in God's plan, then you know what? I'll take it from there. And everyone kept asking me after or during that, you know, that like two month window before you're going to graduate where they're like, so what are you going to do after you graduate? And you're like, oh, my God, I hate that Mm, question. It brings anxiety. Please don't ask it. Please don't ask Uh me. And I just kept saying, you know what? I'm moving to Los Angeles. I had no way of getting out here. I had no idea. I had no savings. I had no plan. I just kept saying, I'm moving to Los Angeles. And so fast forward a couple months, I didn't win Miss Kentucky. Uh, wah, wah. But <laughs> I mean, it was really upsetting at the time. But now that I look back at it, there was such a bigger plan that I didn't realize that was waiting for me that I could have never expected. And so I got this call from my cousin who was a videographer and photographer at the time. And I talked to him a little bit before college saying, you know, I want to move out to Los Angeles. He's like, yo, I want to go out to Los Angeles too. Like let's room together, blah, 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 blah. Well, I see on Facebook at the time, because Instagram still wasn't the way it is now, um, that he was in Los Angeles. I was like, well, what the heck? Like, why are you in LA? And like, I'm not there with you. Like, what's the deal? Uh He's like, I got this really cool job with this boy band doing all their videography and photography. They're on tour. And I was like, well, that's dope. Like, if you have another, like, opportunity, hit me up. Keep me in mind. And you keep going forward in the progression of time. And I get this phone call. He was like, how quickly can you have your bags packed? I was like, what the hell are you talking about? My bag's packed. He said, we need someone to run the social media marketing for this boy band. And, you know, my journalism, I had a lot of marketing background. So I was like, I can I can totally do that. Why not? And so I interviewed with the manager and I didn't hear anything back. And they came to Cincinnati, which is like an hour away from where I was working at the time. And so I left work and I was like, I'd be stupid not to pack a bag. Let's just hope for the best. And I'll pack one suitcase and I'll go meet with the guys and at least see if there's an opportunity in the future to have a job. So I meet with the manager and he was like, I have an open spot on the tour bus. Do you want to come? Do you have a suitcase? And I was like, this is amazing. Yeah, I have a suitcase. And he was like, all right, well, then you can hop on the tour with us. They'd already done 20 cities and they had 20 more cities to go. And so I called my parents. They said, I'm not coming home. Biggest risk I've ever taken. The only (laughs) risk I've ever taken in my life, to be honest. And I put my keys in the gas tank and I said, I'm leaving. And so I went to the tour, watched the show. And I was like, I'm totally going. And hopped on the tour bus and never looked back. I had... Um, I did 20 cities in the U.S. and did one stop in Toronto. And then when we landed in Los Angeles or we we stopped the tour, um, the assistant of the main headliner of this tour that we went on um, gave me $500. That is literally all I had to my name. I had nothing else. I had one suitcase, $500, and a hope and a dream and a prayer that this was all going to work out. Wait, they only paid you $500 for everything that you did? So that was the other thing, too, is that I came in with the expectation of getting paid. Yeah. And it, they came in with the expectation of it being an internship. Oh. Quote, unquote. So we won't go mm-hmm. into those because I'm very grateful for the opportunity that they gave me. I don't want to throw anyone under the bus because at the end of it, I made that choice that I was going to stay out here. So them giving me that $500 is like, here's your per diem. Here's your everything. Because they fed me. They put me in up, up in really nice hotels. Like I was taken care of um, on this tour. So I really couldn't ask for... I mean, I could have asked for more. And I've learned that now as I've gotten uh-huh. older of asking for my worth and really getting that. But at the time, as 22 years old, right out of college, like I was like, yes. And so I lived on couches for a year. I hopped on couches from one place in Studio City to living in a garage on a couch to living with like friends that I met while I was out here to finally getting my first place um, in June of the following year. And we ended tour in August. Wow. Of 2013, I finally got my first place in June of 2014. And that was short-lived. And I just jumped from, like, one job from the tour to working for a manager within the music industry to running marketing for a nightlife company 
to going to work marketing for my acting studio for a year and a half, and it's an international studio to the job that I have now. All the meanwhile, auditioning and trying to find an agent and do the acting thing and the hosting mm-hmm. and everything else. And did you at any point, were you thinking like, oh, I guess marketing is what I'm going to do or if all else fails? It was one of those things that, and I'm sure a lot of people can relate, is that um, you realize that there are skills and talents that you're really good at, even though it's not the dream that you're definitely set out to do. And sometimes you kind of have to bite the bullet and do whatever you're best at that can pay the bills that can feed you because like I've lived in studio apartments with roommates. I've done the couch thing. I finally found a stability, like a stability within like an apartment. And I bought my first car out here and had all my possessions in my car for the longest time. So you kind of have to get to that point of balancing out where does it come from and what can I do in order to just make this work. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really depending on how much you want it. So I look back at the four years that I've been here and I, I'm like, I should be further. I should be doing this and I should be blah, 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 blah. But when I tell my story, I'm like, okay, I've done a lot in four years to get where I'm at. And yeah. I know that there's so much more I can do, but kind of learning as well of asking for what I'm worth. Also realizing I have to kind of give myself a break every once in a while too. So for all of you guys that have a dream, it can happen if you're willing to work your ass off for it, it's not easy. Whether you want to go to New York, you want to go to Chicago, you want to travel overseas, you want to move to Los Angeles and do whatever it is, like you can do it. You just have to be willing to sacrifice because it's not going to be a glamorous route. There's a very small not percentage of it being a, a glamorous Everyone's route. Everyone's good at making it look glamorous online, but if you're hustling it's no it's a lot of late nights a lot of missed birthdays missed weddings missed family functions it's a lot of disappointing people because you're not fitting them into your personal life but it's because you're career minded and career set and getting that done yeah i haven't been to one of sorry to all my sorority sisters that are listening i love you dearly but i haven't been able to go to any of their weddings i haven't been to any of my friends weddings i get to go home like once, maybe twice a year. And as upsetting as that sounds, because it is, it's it's definitely like you have to weigh out how much is this passion of yours worth. And that's just a sacrifice that I've had to make. But in the same token, I've made friendships that are absolutely incredible. I've learned so much more about myself. And the great thing that I can say is that I'm not going to be living with the regret of not trying. Mm-hmm. I've I've tried and I'm going to continue trying until it's like, all right, maybe I need to grow up and, and pack up and, and maybe the dreams will manifest themselves in different ways. But I want to say that I'm always going to be a dreamer and follow whatever mm-hmm. that may be. What would you do if acting didn't pan out? You know, I don't. It's funny because I've been asked that so many different times, especially from my parents. And that's not to say that that's a bad thing. That's just them loving me unconditionally and wanting Mm -hmm. what's best for me. And it's such an unpredictable job. I've always grown up since I was like two years old knowing that this is what I was meant to do. And so when you have this innate like knowing and you don't understand where the hell it comes from, you don't really have a backup plan. Like, I mean, I'm working. I'm, I'm getting taken care of and whatnot. But this is what I'm meant to do. But I also realize I have a lot of other strengths and that acting may manifest it somewhere else. But I also in my heart know that this is what I'm meant to do. So if any agents or casting directors or writers, you need an actress, you got Candace here. But it's also in, in Mm. in, in, I've been talking to a lot of my friends now that are in the business that are acting or hosting or whatever it may be. They're like, and I keep hearing it over and over and over. So I'm like, the universe and God is sending me a sign of it. Give, it takes one person to say yes. You may get 5,000 no's. And as devastating as that may be, I have to just keep trying because I know that that one yes that can change your life forever mm-hmm. is just around the corner. Mm-hmm. But if you give up, that yes could have happened tomorrow. Look at La La Land. She went to one audition. Right? <laughs> And and me changing that modality and that mentality of everything means that those 
opportunities will come. It's literally all about your mindset and how much you're willing to like push. Mm-hmm. Because I guarantee you, look up every single person. I guarantee you will not find one person that succeeded and were actually an overnight success. Mm, unless they came from like a rich Yeah, but even then, it's not an overnight success always. Like, they may have had different struggles, but it's not going to be like, hey, tomorrow I'm going to go and do this, and I'm going to do it, and I'm going to be the biggest thing ever. Oh, yeah. They they still have to work a little bit, but it's an easier easier pathway. It's an easier end. So for those of you that are lucky, good for you. Seriously. Congratulations. God. (laughs) No bitterness behind that. Yeah, I know even like... Um, I listen to a lot of Gary Vee and I yeah. love him because he is he yells at me. He kinda reminds me, um, at After Buzz, our lovely Kevin Undergaro kind I of remi- love Kevin. reminds me of him. Um I remember the f- real quick, I promise I'll get to Gary Vee, but I just thought of Kevin. Um I remember the first time I went in for a meeting with Kevin, I was just telling him, he was like, Oh, so tell me about yourself and I was telling him my life story. And he ends up like dissecting everything I said, ends up like yelling at me, but in the like best way possible. possible. Yeah, just like snap me into shape. And like ever since then, I was like, okay. So, like, when I watch Gary Vee, I have like little mini flashbacks of that one time sitting in the room with Kevin because he's so, so encouraging and so great. And I love him. Love Maria. Thank you for After Buzz and all that you've done for us there. I mean, we wouldn't have met if Mm -hmm. not for AfterBuzz. This is also, again, not sponsored by AfterBuzz. But if anybody's paying, I'll take it. Um, (laughs) And anyways, Gary Vee is great. Um, One of the things he always talks about is how we can't have, you know, get rid of excuses because excuses are just going to hold you back. So if you're always saying, I can't do this or I don't have time or I don't know, my my family dynamic has set me up to fail or I'm not smart enough or I'm um, I'm not great with numbers if it, you're looking to start a company or what if nobody watches my videos, you know, if you want to become some sort of a digital personality. But you have to just get rid of those excuses and keep working hard. And, you know, even like Candace was saying, she hasn't been to her, uh, your sorority, like, sisters weddings and stuff there's going to be sacrifices that you have to make you know if it's if you're always choosing to hang out and have a social life great do that but then don't complain that your career goals are not where you want them to be because you really have to decide um going on another tangent I remember there's been like times I don't know if you've had this where you have friends who do care more about their social life than their career and you're sitting there and you're like I'm sorry. How? Like, I, I, don't, I don't get it. I honestly don't get it. I'm sorry if that's offensive to people, but I genuinely don't understand how people can value a social, a thriving social life, not be at the career that they want, and then still have the audacity to complain that they don't understand why they're not where they're at. And to go off of that, I think, too, it's not necessarily... A social life as in like friendships and relationships, because I think that those are extremely yeah, valuable. Yeah, no, and that's important. Yeah, It's like going out to the club or going to all these other things that are not necessary. And then you complain at the end of the day mm-hmm. and you wonder why you need to recount and kind of figure out where your priorities lie. Exactly. Like, what do you value if you want to succeed in obviously education, career, whatever it is, then, you know, that's. Maybe not the top, top of your list, but it's like two or three on your list. And your, you know, family, obviously one of the things, again, throwing it out to Kevin, one of the things Kevin always says is it's your career and your family um, that are at the top of that list. And the only time that, what what does he say? He says something like the only, the only good excuse. Oh, sorry, Kevin, if you're listening and I say this wrong, (laughs) but I think it's like the only excuse um, is like if you have like a family emergency, mm-hmm. but if it's something else like, oh, I slept in or I did something else, that's just you not prioritizing well. Yeah, guys, you really do have to. And I mean, I know that Leslie and I are not where exactly we want to be. Oh, I'm nowhere career. close. We're mm-hmm. not even at the precipice. Why do you think I started this podcast? Nobody would pay me so I could talk my whole time. So I said, she just you know likes what? listening to herself. I really do. I'm just, no. Kind of. You need a little bit of narcissism to be at 
TV host. I think you, I think in any job, you kind of have to be a narcissistic. Not fully, but just a tad. A little bit. Yeah. Just that balance. You got to have a work-life balance and you got to have a narcissism balance. <laughs> got to have a social life, but uh, a work ethic that's going to kick ass yeah. and get you to where you want to be. But also you have to believe in yourself. And that's mm-hmm. why I think the narcissism comes into play is that we are all our own worst critic. But learning to realize that I am enough but at the same time, I'm the answer to your problem. I have to believe that because if I don't believe it, no one else in this world is exactly, going to believe yeah. that. I have to believe that wholeheartedly that I am exactly what you're looking for, whether that's in a career, whether that's in a relationship, whether that's whatever, because no one else is going to feel the same way because they have to feel that way for themselves. It's just innately programmed into us as human beings. Mm -hmm. It's survival of the fittest. So if you are holding yourself back because you're worried about failure, you're never, ever going to succeed. You have to fail a hundred thousand times to get one success. There's a quote and I cannot remember it, but it's literally like success is accumulations of failures, essentially. I'm She's looking Google up the quote it. right now. Google is it. But you have to because it's the definition of insanity is trying the exact same thing over and over and over and over and expecting different oh, results. You, you quoted it perfectly. Success is the accumulation of all your failures. And even um, mm-hmm. going off of what you're saying, I mean, last time in our last episode we talked about mental health Mm -hmm. so you know while we're saying work hard and you know don't put your social life above like candace said social life we mean the unnecessary Mm -hmm. things like i have to go out and get drunk every weekend or i need to i don't know whatever else crazy things people do and they say social life superficially because me and leslie are going to the club after this yeah i'm not at all. not wearing makeup right now and i will definitely be hitting the club um just kidding jokes i could still i could still do well at the club with no makeup on just saying anyways um, <laughs> you're looking good girl you're looking thank good you, that thank skin you. is looking flawless i've been moisturizing oh yes keep that skin like you know, subtle i was supple 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 that's the word i was looking for supple there you go um but anyways um no seriously like take obviously take days to rest um take time spend time with your family if you're like candace and your family is not in the same state or city as you call them facetime them i talk to my parents every day guys at least two and three times (laughs) maybe that's unhealthy i don't know no i think that's healthy okay Uh, good (laughs) facetime you know facetime them if you do live near them go visit them you know your best friends your mentors obviously take that time to rest so you can rejuvenate, so you can have better creative ideas, so you can be just a better worker. But definitely, I just wanted to make it clear when we say social life, like Candace said, we we don't mean don't rest. We don't mean work yourself to the bone. We mean find that balance and make sure you're taking out the unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Because maybe you don't need to go out tonight and go out with your girls or with your boys. And maybe you need to stay at home and work on that script that you say you've always wanted to start or write that book or apply for those jobs or fix your website, whatever it is that you're doing. Work on that math equation. I don't know, whatever job, you know, I know we talk mostly entertainment and journalism jobs, but whatever it is that you're doing, take the time and finally work on it. Because the last thing that you want, and this is the thing that drives me the most, is the last thing that you want is to be in your older age and say, God, I wish I would have done that. I wish I would have done this. Or what would have happened if I had actually, you know, try it. It might fail, it might fail. I one time tried to start a clothing company and it failed after two months, (laughs) it never took off, you know? like, But it was something I tried and I realized I wasn't as passionate as I thought I was about fashion. And I was like, oh, okay, that's one less thing to have on my list. So, I mean, there's other things, you know, just try everything. Try it all. See what you like. See what you don't like. See what's going to work out, what's going to pan out. And, yeah, have no have no regrets in terms of your, your career and goals. You get one life, guys. Just one. There's one shot at this thing. And you got to make it as much of an adventure and exciting as possible. And so take those challenges. I have gotten turned down so many times. Right now I'm in the process of, like, looking for management and I've sent out multiple emails with no response. I've sent out multiple emails with no, we're not looking for you. We're not looking for your type. You're not, you're not well-versed enough. You're too green. You're this, you're that. 
But the thing is, is that I have to be like, okay, well, they don't see it because there is that one person. It's like that one yes that will believe in me and will see that spark that's inside of me that I know I have. So whether that's a mentor or whether that's like your boss seeing something and giving you that promotion, that raise, that that extra obligation, that chance, like you just have to keep believing that someone else will be out there. But also on the same token, once you get to that point and you do find that one person, you better have done the work yeah. and prepared exactly. when that opportunity does come that you are ready to fulfill that because mm -hmm. you get one shot at that too. So make sure that like whatever it may be, and I've been listening to a lot of podcasts lately <laughs> and I've been listening to like TED Talks and all this thing, these things about success and these people's journeys and the constant thing I keep hearing is just keep putting in the work. Like you have to start somewhere, mm -hmm. whether that's like starting up a makeup line or selling like an independent contractor or whatever, like just do it. And I think a lot of us going into the Latino aspect of it, we all come from, um, especially a lot of first generations, like really hard working backgrounds. Yeah. And we see our families that have worked their butts off to get to where they're at like you have to continue carrying on that worth that work ethic and continue carrying that on to your children i'm convinced that it, work ethic is in latino blood i'm very convinced it's running in these veins because you see people out there on the street sometimes they're uh -huh. selling chips nearby a school they're selling you know corn they're still doing raspados all that all that stuff the ice cream man you know he's mostly latino you know you just see people whatever it is that they know how to do if they know how to make empanadas then there's women that will sell the empanadas out of their homes and you know they tell their that whole community really good right now oh empanadas do sound mm. bomb but like if these so if these people are finding a way to our people holla at them um if they're doing something you know to make whether maybe not they're dreams come true i guess you could say the american dream of but that could be money and prosperity yeah like then you can take that same work ethic and apply it to that thing that you've always wanted to do but your fear is holding you back and i know even me personally like in my own journey like fear has been a huge a huge theme of that i remember i long i'll tell you guys my life story real quick um I wanted to be an actress my entire life. Um, surprise, surprise. Didn't see that one coming. Um, literally my entire, born and raised in LA, was bound to happen. And wanted to be an actress, went to all the auditions. My parents got scammed a bunch of times <laughs> dealing with people because they didn't know. Um, and then I actually applied to go to a bunch of theater schools. And I didn't get in to any of them. And this is the weird part, is that my grades were really good in high school. Like they weren't like amazing, but they were still above average. And I ended up getting into two schools or two Christian universities, um, Biola University, Azusa Pacific, Hala at Biola, that's where I ended up going. But even the reason I went to Biola was not because I was, it was this amazing school that I thought it was gonna be. It was because I was going to a church that was nearby there at the time. And I remember I asked God, I was like, okay, God, like, do you want me to go to Azusa or do you want me to go to Biola? Because they're the two schools that I got into and I didn't even get to Cal State. Y'all, I had all A's and one B my entire high school career. Uh-uh, I did not, this is Jesus because I didn't understand it. Um, Literally, so I remember I was like, okay, I don't know, I guess I don't know where to go. And I just really felt like God telling me, you need to go. Your focus right now is not necessarily school-wise, but it's like where you're planting your community in church. And since that was a church I was going to and that was closest to Biola, that's where I went. Thought I was going to be a theater major at Biola. Took one acting class there and was like, I am not wasting my parents' money on getting a theater degree at a small liberal arts school. If I was going to get a theater degree, it was going to be at one of these big UCs, USC, one of those, um, because that makes sense because you're making connections in that industry. When you go to a small evangelical liberal arts school, like you're not, you're not really going to make the theater or acting connections that you need there at all. 
And so I remember I told my mom, I was like, well, like, I still love, I love being on camera. Always have since I was a little kid. You put me on stage, you put me in front of a mic, and the best of me comes out. And so I, I'm taking long, I'll wrap this up. So I, um, what did I do? So I was talking to my mom on the phone. At the time, I was also managing bands at my, from my high school. And I was like, oh, like, I really like band managing. Like, it's really fun being, like, five feet and yelling at these big promoters in L.A. over the phone. <laughs> and I probably sound like a chipmunk, and they're still taking me seriously. Um, so I was like, maybe I'll do that. And my mom was, like, looking through the online database at all the programs that my school had. And she ended up, she was like, what about broadcast journalism? Like, you're still in front of the TV. Like, that's something that you like, you're presenting. And I was like, ah, oh, we'll see. Went to go meet with the broadcast professor. Loved him. Loved him. Absolutely loved him. Stu Olson, shout out to him. And I just, like, left that meeting. And I was like, yeah, I think I'll do a broadcast. And I went, and it took, honestly, I didn't fall in love with journalism until maybe, like, my senior year of college it's when I finally started to see it it was more just like something to do that was fun that I enjoyed it was a form of storytelling so I guess I've always been a storyteller whether in some form either whether it was acting or journalism and you know did that got a job right out doing actually I lied earlier I didn't have a nine-to-five job right away I worked in production for a little bit for a company um, for a small production company and was helping edit, doing segment production for them. And then I got let go because of budget cuts. And then that's when I went to work the nine to five and said, Lord, get me out. Um, but you know what? It worked. Everything like works out like you were saying, Candice. Um, I ended up meeting a girl at that production company, Kathy Kelly, who was at AfterBuzz TV. Um, she's now at the WWE Network, killing it, doing amazing things. Courtney Tezano, I met her at that small production Courtney. company. Yeah, Courtney's amazing. She's an ET online host, literally the most genuine, kindest person you'll ever meet. And met her there. They were always talking about AfterBuzz, AfterBuzz, AfterBuzz. And I was like, what's, what's AfterBuzz? Like, everyone's coming in talking about this. Went in, applied, did that whole thing. And I mean, look at where we are now, you know? And I'm still, I'm nowhere where I want to be. I'm in the process of a job transition right now. And that's why I've been kind of on the low, low career-wise. Um, but you'll see me soon. Um, and so, I mean, it's been, it's been amazing. I mean, even, and I can't take credit for any of it. Like, it's literally all just like God guiding me in every, every twist, every turn. And, Sometimes I'm not listening and I take a detour south, but like, thank God he like always brings me, um, brings me back on track. And, you know, I don't know where, where, where next you'll have me go in this transition, but you know, we'll see. It's always like, it's so fascinating to see like the way things pan out. And you look back and you're like, oh, that's why. Mm -hmm. Because even I, I was, I got to go to the premiere of The Voice today, which oh, was really fun. cool at NBC. So I got to go or through U NBC Universal. So I was on the Universal lot. Mm -hmm. And just walking on that lot, I was like, God, how did I get here? Like, I literally got on a bus and had $500 to my name. And now I'm like giving my ID and walking onto the Universal lot. Like, that is just boggles my mind of how things work out. And I was sitting at lunch with these incredible people and some of these girls, like I'm sitting here and I'm listening to all these journalism, like journalists that are sitting there doing this press conference and asking these amazing questions to the executive producer and the last year's winner. And I'm sitting at this lunch table and some girls asked me, oh, what outlet are you from? And I was there today for After Buzz and Black Hollywood Live. And they were like, oh, my God, I wanted to audition for After Buzz, but I didn't get in. And I literally just sat there and I was like, wow, this is an opportunity to like talk about kind of what we're talking about now is failure and where you're falling. Because I applied to After Buzz years ago and didn't get in. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. My first time that. trying, I didn't get through. Oh, wow. And so... It took me a, a year to even get the courage again to come back and like apply again. So I even told the girls the story and I was like, listen, like, 
you you have the credentials, you are great, you know that. So just apply again because sometimes what they're looking for, you just have to tweak a little bit. And I did. And that's how I got in, you know, just networking and talking to people. You realize like everyone else has had their failures. And Mm -hmm. and sometimes we get so paralyzed by that because I'm one of those people that I've always this is going to sound really bad and very like, look at me. I'm good at everything, (laughs) but it's not meaning it that way. I never failed in high school. I never failed in college. Anything that I tried and I did, I succeeded at. And I was very lucky in that way. So I got a big dose of one, two, you you go <laughs> fail out here uh-huh. when I came to L.A. And I think it's made me a stronger person and thicker skin because I have had to work harder for the things that I know that I want to do that I'm good at. So... Like, you're going to get turned down a bunch. But if I wouldn't have tried again, it's so crazy because if I would have gotten through to After Buzz the first time around, I may have never met you. I may have never Mm -hmm. done the Queen of the South panel and met you. So the timeline literally worked out the way it was supposed to. Yeah. And you have to believe in that. I even remember when, because the way that After Buzz works is they'll send out the names of shows and you sign up and then they kind of just assign hosts that they think are right for to cover that show I remember I was like, Queen of the South. I was like, oh, I like doing things that are, you know, Latina empowerment kind of geared towards that. I was like, why not? Never watched the show before. Like, binged it on um, Netflix before doing the after show. I was like, oh, yeah, the trailer looks cool. Sure. And I mean, look at look at us now, you know? like Thank you, Queen of the South. Exactly. Seriously, thank you. Queen of the South did amazing things. Um, Everyone there is so great. They really have. Um, they're in their third third season right mm-hmm. now. Yeah, they're shooting right now in Dallas. So shout out to all of them because seriously, they really did. I couldn't have asked for more because I had started in May at AfterBuzz and we started doing that what in June or July, mm-hmm. and it just kind of fell in place. Like they gave us so many opportunities and were so welcoming. That was the first us. time I've covered a show at AfterBuzz where the cast was and the crew were just like, "Thank you so much." And just so appreciative of the coverage where you don't always get that, where you're kind of just sometimes a nuisance as a as a journalist, whether it's entertainment or um, local hard news, whatever it is, journalists are kind of always seen as pests. So the fact that they saw us as like these people that they just took under their wing and were able to present us with the resources that they did. So thankful for them. I'll never forget when we got out of that car and Veronica was there and she hugged me. And number one, this is, if you guys haven't watched Queen of the South, go watch it. So we're plugging them for sure. <laughs> but she's um, the villain on the show, mm-hmm. essentially. She plays Camila. Yes. Mm-hmm. And we get out and she's like, sweet as can be. And she's like, oh my God, we watch your show every week. And I was like, what? I watch your show every week. It was just, you realize that. And that's another cool thing about entrepreneurship or whatever element you are is, you realize that these people that you you look up to, that you're trying to emulate your career mm-hmm. after, have gone through the same things that you've gone through yeah. and that they really are just people. And if you take that timing, you take that breath and you're like, okay, great. Like I can talk to you. Mm-hmm. you it humanizes them and you can really like have a connect and figure out that your dreams are big, but they're not bigger than you. Exactly. And I know that a lot of times it's like, well, because I thought this before is, Oh, I don't I don't have a mentor or I don't have somebody. You have a million mentors. There are a million podcasts, books, whatever YouTube. it is, YouTube. Go on there, you know, Twitter, Instagram, follow people that inspire you. Follow people whose careers um that you is it emulate, yeah, careers that you want to emulate and obviously don't view that exact path for yourself because everybody's path to how they got to where they are is different but look at them for what not to do because you're already seeing what they did that was wrong and what didn't work out for them look at what not to do and then look at inspiration on how to move forward from the things that you've that you've failed at that you've tried out and didn't work out um because that's the great thing about all the about technology is that it connects us to so many people um, but honestly, like no one's going to sit down to coffee with you to let you pick their brain. Those days are gone. 
Um, there's too many people emailing them, tweeting them. Intellectual property is a thing nowadays, people. So just honestly (laughs) reading books however you can, um, finding mentors. And asking what you can do for them, too. I've gotten that advice so many times out Mm -hmm. here in Los Angeles. And even when I've traveled, that's the another good sound piece of advice wherever you are in your, your placement and in your career path is that ask people what you can do for them because in turn, if they see that you're working hard and you're not necessarily just doing it for a payout, yeah. they are going to be more willing to help you and to give you guidance. If you're just there to be like, what can you do for me? I got so many other things to do in my life. What what? It's more of like, what can I do for you? People are going to remember you that way. They're exactly. Gonna, oh, so-and-so. And be he, genuine about it. He or she was so kind and so helpful. I love that they were always moving forward. Um, I'm con- I have a job opening now. Let me see if they're available. Yep. How many times have you seen that happen from people who have interned or just volunteered somewhere? I actually was listening to um, a TED Talk the other day. Really? I'm going to pull that up right now. Where they were talking about like your network. Mm-hmm. So many people in the in the past um we're talking about like that your your immediate family or your immediate circle are the ones that will get you the job actually it's the exact opposite it's the people that are the smallest within your network are typically the ones that will get you the bigger payout and the bigger job i believe that and so i definitely go to ted talks daily on itunes i'll find out what exactly podcast it was just like personal story wise, I mm-hmm. remember I went to go. So this last of uh, few months ago, was it last year? Yeah, no, this year, last year, this year, <laughs> last year, twenty eighteen, last yeah. year, twenty seventeen. There you go. I'm tired. Um, so <laughs> last week. Not last week, last year. I can't. Oh my god, you guys. Oh my god. Oh my god. I'm struggling. Last I'm freaking year. I remember I randomly saw, uh, I was looking through Instagram stories and Justin Baldoni had posted that he was doing his Skid Row Carnival of Love. So this was, oh, last year in January. Yeah, they were packing up stuff and they just wanted volunteers. And I was like, I'm not doing anything. I'm sitting at home on my couch. Called my friend was like, hey, do you want to go to this location and go help them pack bags? Like, it sounds like it'd be fun. And me and her, she's like my friend that I always call for like humanitarian things and stuff. She's amazing. And shout out to Maddie. Um, And so we went and I ended up talking to all these people there and just was like, wow, like I never, I knew what Wayfair was because I watched Jane the Virgin, followed Justin. He always talks about his company but I never really understood it. And when I saw that they were all about like, like I need to stop saying like, when I found out that they were all about helping other people, whether it was through, you know, the documentaries that they make, the art or events like the Skid Row Carnival of Love, um, they're still always out there. They're taking the focus off of themselves onto other people. And I was like, wow, that's really admirable. That's something that I'd love to get involved when with and I'm not kidding you guys something inside of me a few weeks later was like you should email them see if they have volunteer positions just just to volunteer I wasn't asking to work for them I wasn't asking to intern with them even I just I just wanted to know hey are there a few days throughout the week or once a month that I can go volunteer and shadow you guys because documentary is something I want to learn more about sent them my resume Bada bing, bada boom. Got an interview with them. Went in, talked to, um, C, not the CEO, the founder, co-founder of the company, um, and ended up getting an internship with them. And I, everything that I learned with them was amazing. But it was because I went out of my way. I went to go help them with something they needed help with. No, no agenda. Just went to go help. Contacted them later. Later again just to go help, give them my time so that I could be learning from them but not bugging them or asking for anything. And then because of that, I now have these amazing relationships at this company. And, I mean, Wayfair is amazing. Go Again, I know we plug things a lot, but it's just genuine things that we love. Um, Go watch Man Enough, which is a series that Justin Baldoni has out that's all about redefining masculinity or any of their... um, documentary their documentary series my last days is absolutely beautiful you'll cry every 
episode that you watch. Um, but, you know, it's just like Candace was saying, it's simply just putting yourself out there, offering your services and saying, how can I help you? And along the way, how can I learn from you in that process? And you'll be amazed at the doors that open. And I think a cool thing about putting yourself out there is that I've learned from my life that God's God's going to close the doors that are not meant to be opened in the same way that we talked about earlier that, you know, things don't work out for a reason. So maybe you always wanted to be, I don't know, an astronaut, an astronaut, but all the jobs that you've applied for in relation to being an astronaut aren't working out. And you have motion sickness. Because there's this other dream. There's this other <laughs> Sorry, dream. I, just had to add that. I know this sounds weird, but this is something I strongly believe in. It's like there's like this other dream deep inside that you've never really tapped into, but you're actually really great at it. And it turns out that you're, I don't know, supposed to be a neurosurgeon and you just never this is a really bad example but you guys I hope you're understanding what I mean I'm trying not to use entertainment jobs and so you find out that you have this other potential and then all of a sudden you go towards that and all those doors are opening because that's the pathway that you're supposed to take and that's something I definitely believe in and I know Candace does just not with my weird analogy (laughs) um nope no, no. I, I mean, I followed uh-huh. you. I got, I, yeah. I got it. I totally do. But yeah, it's weird. I was actually kind of similar with the college thing. I was going to go in for psychology because my mom, I always knew I wanted to be an actor. Always, always, always. And my parents were like, you need something stable. You need a job. You can't get a career. You can't like get a degree in that. And so I went and I was going with the internship psychology. And then the day before, no, the week before, the week before my orientation for freshman, Freshman orientation. Blah, 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 blah. Um, uh, you were making fun of me earlier. I know. See, it bites me in the butt every mm-hmm. time. But either way, I was like, you know what? I should try journalism. I had never written anything before in my life, except for those essays that you have to do for those standardized tests in, in <laughs> high school. And I was like, you know what? I like current events. I like all of this stuff. I want to be on camera. Why the hell not? And then fast forward and everything that was meant to be has happened mm-hmm. just because of that one little like switcheroo. Yeah, it all works out. Um, and like, you know, tell us, share with us, guys. Um, tweet at us. And send us all the, the things that you use for inspiration. Because one yeah. thing I will say, especially when you're trying to become a girl boss or a guy boss or just whatever you're trying to do. Just a boss. A boss Let's just take gender out of it. When you're trying to be a boss. When you're trying to be a boss, that you should constantly, constantly be learning because you can never stop learning. The moment that you stop learning is when you're dead. Like you always (laughs) need to be learning. That's when you you die, essentially. Mm -hmm. Maybe not physically, but when you stop learning, that's when your mind stops growing. And when your mind stops growing, that is it. That's done. So constantly be learning. And why I'm saying this is because send us the people that you're reading, the the, the books that you're reading and the podcasts you're listening to Please and the, do, yeah. the, the documentaries that you're watching and the, the TED Talks that you're listening to. Like there are so many things that I want to learn from all of you. And I have to say, and a shout out to all the people that are listening that have been reaching out to us and sharing their stories because we have had some random people that have come into our lives that because at first when we started this, we were like, oh, our friends will listen. But some amazing people that we've never met before have given us such incredible stories of inspiration or, or you know, just relational stories that we want to hear. So definitely hit us up and um, message us or comment or whatever it may be um, yeah, so that we can we, continue moving forward. We read the comments and we love you guys. And I want to give a shout out to... She doesn't have her actual name, but Chola. Ingrid. 113. Ingrid. Homegirl. Oh, she was amazing. She was the best. Um, You know, left us a comment on our Instagram, quoted us in her stories. That was an honor. So thank Mm -hmm. you for that. But we do, we read the comments, we read the direct messages. and so, you know, if you guys, if there's any topic, again, that you want us to talk about, if you didn't agree with us on something, um, ask us about it. We're open to talking. Um, Clearly. Yeah, we talk for an hour and more <laughs> whenever and more. we do this. 
Um, so please, we'd love to connect with you guys. And I mean, we could talk about this topic forever because especially like case in point, Bossy Bonitas, we started this because we had a passion and a drive for something and we want it to be something more as much as it is a passion project. We want to be able to build opportunities, whatever that may come. We don't know where this is going to go and where this is going to lead us, but we do know that this is an incredible opportunity to take our strengths and to share them and figure out where it may lie. So go along the journey with us because, I mean, there's so many people that I'm watching that are doing what they love and are becoming successful at it. Mm -hmm. And you know what? We can too. Yeah, and And I know we didn't talk about this, so just real quick, and this will be very quick over the top, but even being, you know, Latinas, there's going to be more for all my other Latinas, women of color out there. We're going to have a little bit, it's going to be a harder path to get where we want to go, but... Don't let that stop you. Be the be the best in whatever it is that you're going for. Be yeah. the best. Stand out. You might get some imposter syndrome sometimes where you feel like, All the oh, time. <laughs> I only got here because I am the token brown girl or the token black girl. Whatever it is, even if you are the token, be the best freaking token that you can be there and work mm. your way up. Um, don't let that stop you and and don't. breathe into that. Yeah, like really enjoy it because times are changing. Mm-hmm. They may not be where they need to be, nor will we ever know if they will ever be where they should, quote unquote, be. Mm-hmm. But we have to take this as an incredible opportunity and a challenge to be like, well, it's not going to be handed to me. So I'm going to work harder. And that means I'm going to be better than those yeah. people that it was handed to them exactly you be, know you know you're beautiful you're strong you colorful can do self. it be exactly be your colorful self and we believe in you and we believe in ourselves and we believe in you and we're down to create this little network of bossy bonitas I don't that think would be really cool yeah speaking of future and what could happen wouldn't it be so cool if we had like a networking like Event like girl where we boss, meet. but yes. bossy bonitas. Ooh, like meet everybody. I love that. Yeah, because there's so many incredible creators and collaborators out there of so many different facets. Mm-hmm. Like, how amazing would that be? That'd be really cool. Okay, that's something that we'll think about, and we'll let you guys know in the future. Um, but thank you so much, guys, for listening to this episode. We love you again. Hit us up, Twitter. Instagram. Subscribe to this podcast channel. Subscribe to us. Also, leave comments on Apple Podcasts because when you guys leave comments, that lets somebody else know that it's a good show and then they listen and then maybe that network could be a possibility. Because we're here for you. Yeah, exactly. Meetups, all of the above. So thank you guys. We love you and we'll see you next episode. Bye. Bye.